0: we lead the world in facing down a threat to decency and humanity what is at stake is more than one small country it is a big idea a new world order But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense we have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions in the councils of
1: government We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex.
0: Listening to the Alchemical Tech Revolution, and I am your host, Wayne McCroy. Good evening, everyone. Tonight, we're going to take a look at DARPA's Satan Project. Now, this is kind of a controversial topic. I cannot contest myself to the authenticity of the existence of this project, because this is alleged to be a black budget project of some sort within the auspices of DARPA And I'm not sure exactly where this guy got a lot of his source information. I do see some of it here. But the thing is, I read this. Somebody brought this to my attention just last week. And I read this article by this fellow named Nathan M. Wiley. And it's titled, AI, Cyber Satan and the Battle for Your Brain. And this is over at mindwarintel.substack.com if you want to go check out the article it's well researched it's well footnoted and documented here but i'm not sure where he came across this darpa program if he has some types of connections on the inside that perhaps i'm not aware of that i don't have see that's one thing folks i don't have any insider information about anything but i do my best to break down what is out there in the public sector And analyze it and apply some logic and reason to those things. So that's what I'm doing here. And the thing is, what really caught my attention is when I read this, much of what he expresses in this article aligns with all of the things I've researched through the years. So there's something about this that has a ring of truth to it, to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't cover it on air here. So I see this as possibly being an important paper here that this guy put out. It's not really a paper, it's an article, but he talks about other papers and books and things like that where he compiled some of the information from. So as to the existence of this Satan project at DARPA, I doubt you'll find anything on the public record about it because he does say it is a black budget program, and if that's the case, you would need some kind of a top-secret compartmentalized Clearance to access information like that. And I doubt it would be readily available through FOIA release, Freedom of Information Act release. A lot of how this works is organizations like DARPA, they will subcontract out to military contractors with many of these programs. And therefore, the things that are developed within these programs by these private corporations that work in conjunction with the government agency, these things are considered proprietary information and therefore are not disclosable via Freedom of Information Act. And that is one of the main reasons why the military-industrial complex, the organized alphabet agencies that direct the Defense Department, and I use the term Defense Department (laughs) tongue-in-cheek, but... uh, All of these programs, they like to subcontract out to these military contractors, these private corporations, because of this. That way, it makes the compartmentalization aspect of it all much easier. And it's much harder to garner the information. So there's very few people at the top of the project that have all of the inside intel about these things. And that's what makes it very hard to confirm something like this. But it sounds feasible to me, and I do know that many of the people within the intelligence community, and especially the military intelligence community, they certainly do love their occultic acronyms for many of the projects they put out there. So this one, Satan, seems like it would be right in their wheelhouse to use something like that. So... Like I said, we will cover this because it aligns very much so with things I've personally researched and looked at myself, and I think there's an air of truth about it. Like I said, I can't personally confirm the existence of this program or this project, but it seems feasible that something along these lines, is probably operating within the black budget community. We do know that the Pentagon has a propensity to lose trillions of dollars on the regular that they just can't seem to account for. Well, what are these trillions of dollars going towards? It would certainly make sense if it was something like this. So without further ado, we're going to read into this. It's called AI, Cyber Satan, and the Battle for Your Brain by Nathan M. Wiley. And he could be found at mindwarintel.substack.com. And to start out here, there's a quote from Robert Duncan from his paper, Project Soulcatcher from 2010. And I think this may have been converted into book format as well. And he says, quote, It is strange how biblical prophecy, science, military technology, and sociology seem to converge at this point in time in our species development. End quote. Not going to disagree with Mr. Duncan there. Seems a bit strange that this is going on. Almost as if it's been planned for a long time or something, right? (laughs) Well, let's get right into the reading here. So, Nathan Wiley, the author of this article, he says, Satan, S-A-T-A-N, is an acronym for Silent Assassination Through Adaptive Networks. It is a Defense Advanced Research Agency Black Budget Weapons System, DARPA. He says in parentheses here. I'm going to pause for a second here. He missed the word projects in there. I don't want to be picky. I'm I'm not that way with a lot of stuff like this. But it's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is what DARPA stands for. And it is, he says, this is a Black Budget Weapons System. So he says, Satan is run through an artificial intelligence operating system that is automated and scalable. It is capable of targeting both individuals based on our unique brain prints or large-scale populations based on data matrices collated through total information awareness software, most notably DARPA's behavioral pattern prediction and classification software, which is nicknamed CHRIST. Another acronym, folks, which stands for Common Human Routines Interference Software Technology. So I'm going to pause for a second there, folks. So now we have SATAN, Silent Assassination Through Adaptive Networks. That is allegedly this AI weapon system that is running via the auspices of DARPA right now. And they use a type of total information awareness software... That they call christ which stands for common human routines interference software technology so essentially this all has to do with data collection and the weaponization of data and we know this is going on for certain i can attest to that this has been going on for a long time i think anybody out there who understands that if you happen to i don't know say something quietly To somebody in your household about perhaps I need a new pair of shoes or some such thing. And then lo and behold, wouldn't you know it on your Facebook feed, you see ads for shoes. It's all about the data collection. And of course, it's actually a lot more sophisticated than that at this point. I have actually done presentations on this. Wherein they use operational systems. They use concepts like optogenetics to collect information potentially and allegedly from your thoughts they can read your thoughts through a monitor I've seen some of the patents here they have patents for this kind of thing and Facebook has been working on this for a long time if you go back a couple years you could find some articles about how Facebook is looking at ways of reading your mind Not kidding. You can't make this stuff up if you wanted to. But I think the software is a lot more sophisticated than that. It uses various different means and methods of collecting this information. And some have speculated, and I think there may be an air of truth to it, that many of these computer algorithms can perform in a way where it seems like they could possibly read your mind. Now, is it truly reading your mind based upon your brain waves or some such thing that it's able to collect through optogenetic means or some other means like that, through a a monitor, possibly? Or is it just that the predictive power has gotten so good, so precise, and so individualized that it can predict what you're going to be thinking and doing before you even do it? You see, many of these algorithms and AI systems understand our behavior better than we do our own behavior i'm talking each down to an individual they know you better than you know yourself in many regards in this day and age and that's a very disturbing type of a fact that i think we need to come to grips with well this being the case it all has to do with this massive data collection and you see these are allegedly some of the names of the programs that are being run that can do this stuff Like I said, I can't verify that. I have no way to know that or verify that. But it seems to align with much of what I've seen and I've studied myself. And some of the conclusions he comes to here are pretty much the same as the conclusions I've come to with a lot of it. But it seems like he has a little bit more intel than I do. He has a little bit more of a window into this than I have had. And maybe he just knows the sources to look at better than I do. Hats off to him. And that's all well and good. And we're going to go ahead and cover more of this. Because I think this stuff needs to be exposed. Because it offers a real potential danger to humanity at large. So he says, what is assassinated mean through Satan's adaptive networks is first and foremost the mind. Satan is an AI weapon system designed to commit menticide. Going to pause for a moment there, folks. A new word here for you, folks. Menticide, M-E-N-T-I-C-I-D-E, which means the systematic and intentional undermining of a person's conscious mind. When targeting entire groups or populations, its goal is to commit what may be termed a menti cost. Going to pause for a moment again. Another new term, menticost, M-E-N-T-I-C-A-U-S-T, menticost, which is a collective, sorry, excuse me, let me start that again, a holocaust of collective consciousness, in such a way as to leave the weapon and those who wield it either totally undetectable or in the event of an anomaly of discovery legally inculpable. So I'm going to pause right there. So this is essentially a silent weapon, I have recently gone back through the document Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. This would be probably a more advanced form of the silent weapon systems that have been underway for a very long time. And we're hearing some terms here that we may not have heard before. Menticide, Mentacost. And of course, they, they sure do love the plausible deniability factor of things like this. They can hide in the background behind the quote-unquote veil and do what they want with these types of weapon systems against a public that is completely unaware of their existence and therefore gives them plausible deniability. Well, that sounds just outrageous, doesn't it? Something like this might be a bridge too far for some people and they won't want to consider it. There's so many roadblocks that come up in the way of information like this. The first one, of course, is the one that we're most familiar with all the time if we deal with these type of topics on a regular basis, and that would be cognitive dissonance. It doesn't align with people's preconceived ideas of how the world operates and what's true in this world, so they completely discard the information and will not accept it as being true in any way, shape, or form. And then, of course, there's also the factor of indoctrination. We've all been indoctrinated in this world to not consider certain things like this as being valid because it doesn't align with our own personal ethical code. They would never do that. No, you would never do that. <laughs> they are psychopaths. They certainly would, if it would give them an advantage of some sort. And they have, and this has been proven through history, through time and time again here, in many different historical accounts, you can see. People will always take advantage of your good-heartedness and kindness and generosity. And that, in and of itself, is something that's problematic, but... Anyway, that's the whole notion here. So we're looking at, this is a weapon system designed to destroy the conscious mind. Let's read on. So it says... Mentecosts are advantageous to those who perpetrate them on a number of interrelated levels. From the point of view of the advancement of artificial intelligence, the greatest advantage of a Mentecost is that it leaves victims in an utterly defenseless cognitive state and thus amenable to integration into what, in AI research and development, is termed a quote-unquote hive mind. Experiments have shown that when multiple human brains are connected using neural interfacing technologies, the problem-solving capacity of the hive mind thereby produced is greatly increased in comparison to an individual mind. It is therefore in AI's interest and or the interest of those who control AI to create ever-expanding adaptive hive mind networks using the brains and bodies of targeted individuals, groups, and large-scale populations. And I'm going to pause for a moment here, folks. There is a small subculture of people that refer to themselves as targeted individuals. This is a community of people that has arisen throughout the world And they claim that these types of government experiments have been carried out upon them. They claim to be victimized by projects just like this. And many of the claims and many of the stories from these people, many different people who've never had any connection with one another, they sound very much alike. They seem to be describing much of the same things. And I don't think it's a coincidence. At any rate, so that's what this is talking about. There are targeted individuals out there. There's groups, large-scale populations that they've tested these things on. And it says it's using networks, using the brains and bodies of these people. And as you know, if you've been listening to any of my work for any length of time, we've gone through on the old Secrets of Saturn live streams, white papers talking about the Internet of Bodies, the Internet of Thoughts, These subsystems of the Internet of Things that have been talked about and formulated and planned. And this, of course, relates directly to that. So we can see all of this stuff's been keyed up, even in the public domain out there. So if there is a black budget project out there running under this name or under these types of conditions, it seems pretty likely that that could be feasible based upon what's been fed to the public, what has become public record on this stuff. So, anyway, let's go ahead and continue on. So it says here, the Satan and Christ systems work in symbiosis to covertly analyze and exploit human populations as prima materia for the alchemical transformation and advancement of artificial intelligence Going to pause for a moment here, folks. So, I really don't know much about this Nathan Wiley who wrote this. This is the first I've ever been exposed to anything he's written. But it seems to me he understands, maybe on some level, alchemy, the alchemical transmutation, the importance of the alchemical processes here, and how they relate to artificial intelligence. It seems he does, maybe he doesn't, maybe he just chose those words by coincidence, but I doubt it, because you would not use those terms prima materia and alchemical transformation in the same sentence if you didn't have some type of an understanding of what you were saying there. So it seems to me he understands this connection between the old alchemical sciences and the science of cybernetics in the modern era, There is a relationship here. Cybernetics is the absolute inversion principle of the old alchemy. So you're aware. That's what I've borne out through much of my research through time. Anyway, let's continue. And the next sentence is also hugely important. He says, they also serve as a means for automating eugenics. Going to pause again. So this whole transhumanist push is, quote-unquote, eugenics without coercion, according to pro-transhumanists. So absolutely, eugenics, an automated form of eugenics, they're going to let the computer decide who is the inferior stock and who is the superior stock. That's essentially what DARPA has done here, if this is true, if this program truly exists in this way, as claimed here. And I have no reason to doubt it based upon the things that I do know that a program like this could exist or possibly does exist. Is this the real deal, though? That's the thing I can't answer for certain, but it seems like all the ducks line up in the proper rows. So let's continue reading here. So he says, In this briefing, I provide historical context on social engineering operations since World War II to facilitate comprehension of the scale And menacing motivations behind the Satan system. I then expound on Satan and Christ technologies and related weapon systems used in what is known as gang stalking. Gonna pause for another moment here, folks. This is another common term to the targeted individual community. Gang stalking. It's a known commodity out there, it's a phenomenon that's been described by many of these people who claim to have these targeted individual experiences. So I think we need to maybe consider these things, take them seriously. But let's continue. So he says his primary source for understanding this weaponry is the Mind Hacking Strategy Group, represented by Department of Defense, CIA, and Justice Department insider, Dr. Robert Duncan, author of Project Soul Catcher. Volume 2 from 2010. going to pause for a moment there, folks. So I'm going to look into this project, Soul Catcher, and see what Dr. Duncan has to say here. So it seems here is an insider, so this may be one of the primary sources he uses for this information. So this gives me more of an inroads as to find where this all leads. Now, if you have an insider who comes out like this, Oftentimes, this is an authorized leak. Doesn't necessarily mean that this is untrue. Doesn't necessarily mean it is true, though, either, and that's what you have to get. It's a mixed bag, and this is oftentimes how disinformation works. They have an insider, a whistleblower, comes out and blows something wide open like this, makes certain claims. And, of course, some of the claims may be absolutely 100% true. But oftentimes what they do is they will mix in a little bit of false information with that, just enough so that the fact checkers can go out there and find something that they said that's false and discredit the entire thing. This is exactly how disinformation works. 90% good information, 10% crap, and you're good to go. So even if it is a disinformation op, chances are there are notions and portions in here that are true. That's why I think we need to take this stuff seriously. And if you look at the historical context that the author of this article gives, you can see where he connects some of the same dots that I have connected in the past. And I've actually done some programs, some shows, on some of these same topics that we're going to touch on here. So he says here, for historical context... He focused on the covert social engineering operations of the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, headquartered in Sussex, England, an affiliate of the Central Intelligence Agency. Gonna pause for a moment here, folks. I would say the Central Intelligence Agency is probably actually more <laughs> of a, uh, a sub organization of Tavistock, if you want my opinion on that. But that's, that's semantics. That's just semantics. But let's continue on. So he says his primary source for this purpose is former Soviet intelligence officer Dr. Daniel Estulin, author of Tavistock Institute, Social Engineering, The Masses, from 2015. And I'm going to pause again. Sorry for all the pauses here, but there's a lot of information packed in this. And, of course, I would say Daniel Estulin had a very good grip on what is going on here. And I have read... Actually, I think I read almost that entire book that was just mentioned here. But I have read quite a bit of his work, and much of what he says is spot on as well. And once again, we have this notion that he's also a former intelligence officer. Now, if you know anything about intelligence officers, once you're in the agency, you're in for life most of the time with these guys. So even if they're former intelligence and they retire... Chances are, every now and then, they get a call from the agency, hey, we need you to do such and such, or hey, you could say this, but not that. So, I don't know how involved Estulin was with all of that, or if he got the uh, the nudge-nudge, wink-wink from his superiors, go ahead, you could publish that, but uh, be careful what you say about certain things. At any rate, doesn't matter, because even if what's put out is some degree of disinformation, There's a lot of good information still packed in there. And all it takes is some discernment to try to sort out what's true, what's false, what's feasible, and what's not. And so far, everything we see seems feasible. So now we have at least a couple of the sources that he draws from to put this information together. But let's continue on. So, Tavistock, World Headquarters for Social Engineering. The Tavistock Institute in Sussex, England, specializes in crisis manufacturing and mass social engineering. Throughout the Second World War, Tavistock served as the Allies' headquarters for psychological operations. After the war, it executed a long and continuous series of pre-planned social engineering projects, including promotion of the New Left Frankfurt School ideology, Watergate, the Pentagon Papers, the hippie movement, and the drug and rock counterculture. going to pause for a moment here, folks. So actually, Tavistock was birthed out of the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School was the precursor to Tavistock. So, once again, just another little thing here with the semantics of the information. But at any rate, he's spot on. <laughs> they had their hand in all of those things that he said. The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations comprises a vast network of associated centers and institutes of applied social psychology and cultural engineering. These include Stanford Research Center, RAND Corporation, MIT Sloan School of Management, the Advanced Center of Behavioral Sciences at Palo Alto, the Institute of Social Research at the University of Michigan, the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania, the Harvard School of Business, London School of Economics, the National Training Laboratories, the Hudson Institute, Esselon Institute, the National Institute of Mental Health, the National Institute of Drug Abuse, the Office of Naval Research, the Central Intelligence Agency, the Secret Intelligence Service, also known as MI6, the Security Service, also known as MI5, the Scottish Rite and Royal Arch Freemasonry. I'm going to pause for a moment here, folks. So that's a pretty broad list, and they have their hands in a lot of other stuff, too. But that's a pretty good estimate here as to what we can see. Tavistock has influence all over the place. So he says here, summarizing the composition and mission of this network, Daniel Estulin writes, quote, Over the period of half a century, tens of billions of dollars have been allocated by the government of the United States with surreptitious help from think tanks and foundations aligned with Tavistock to fund the work of these groups. Every aspect of the mental and psychological life of people on the planet was profiled, recorded, and stored into computer systems above the closely cooperating groups of social scientists, psychologists, psychiatrists, anthropologists, think tanks, and foundations, presides the elite of powerful members of the oligarchy, comprised mostly of the old Venetian black nobility. What is the purpose of these behavior modifications, you may ask? It is to bring about the forced changes to our way of life without our agreement or without ever realizing what is happening to us. The ultimate goal being the complete extirpation of mankind's inner sense of identity, the tearing out of mankind's innermost soul, and the placement in the vacant space of an artificial synthetic pseudo-soul. However, in order to change mankind's behavior away from industrial production into spiritualism and to bring us willfully into the world of post-industrial era zero growth and zero progress, One must first force a change in mankind's self-image, its fundamental conception of what we are, thus the image of man appropriate to that new era must be sought, synthesized, and then wired into mankind's brain, end quote. That's the end of the quote from Estelin here. So we see here, these are all things I've covered in the past here as well. The image of man being hugely important. In fact, Stanford Research Institute did a study and put out a book on this study titled Changing Images of Man. We've covered this in the past, and it's a hugely important work. It had Joseph Campbell in on the research board, Margaret Mead, the anthropologist, and various others in on this. A lot of them, a lot of them representing the cybernetics groups, the cybernetics applications of these things. And, of course, we see what we have here now. And Tavistock had a massive role in all of this because, you see, this is essentially the center of social engineering. That's where it comes from, primarily. Now, there are other places, and it has kind of spread out across the world, but this was always one of the core places from which the ideas came from, where the think tanks come up with the means or the methods of indoctrinating the people in this way, of disseminating the social engineering. It's a central planning hub. Now, they have kind of spread out in various other places, as we see here, but understand there's direction, centralized direction here. And this could be tied back to what we would call Tavistock. And let's get a little bit back further here into the history of this because the author of this article here moves on and he talks more about Tavistock. So let's read on. The Tavistock approach to psychosocial engineering began with the fusion of psychology and psychiatry in the 1930s. Nazi Germany was the first mass-scale application of this approach, exemplifying what would become signature Tavistock exploits in The Craft of Mind Destruction and The War of Mental Genocide. However, the architects of post-World War II Tavistockian models of fascist dictatorship, most notably John Rawlings Rees, believed that democratic institutions could be more efficiently instrumentalized for the installation of fascism than could traditional authoritarian models, which had become irredeemably irredeemably, discredited in the post-Hitlerian West. And I'm going to pause for a moment here, folks. I've done shows in the past here on John Rawlings' Reese. He was a very important figure in the early foundations of Tavistock, because this is actually talking about the switchover from the Frankfurt schools to Tavistock as far as the control center here goes and where the dissemination of ideas come from. And John Rawlings Reese, he had a lot of his own theories and ideas that he liked to put out there. And he had a massive influence in this world, in the social engineering agendas of this world. And another guy that I think will probably come up here later, Kurt Lewin was also a big guy from Tavistock who had a lot of his fingerprints on many of these social engineering tropes that have happened. But let's go ahead, we'll continue on here. John Rawlings Reese's 1945 treatise, The Shaping of Psychiatry by War, served as a field manual for Anglo-American fascists who applied its principles to their goal of psychically driving entire nations into collective psychosis. As L. Marcus writes of the treaties, quote, Reesian methods rely completely and consciously on the destruction of the mental life of world society and a forced march into universal sadism, end quote. And quote. I'm going to pause for a moment right there, folks. So yes, John Rawlings Rees, he did have this type of an attitude. He did have a total disregard for humanity, he really was kind of a scumbag, really. And they're talking about psychic driving. And this was an established thing during the Nazi research of World War II. And, of course, post-World War II, when it came over here into MK Ultra and other such projects. And, of course, we're not the only ones that picked up some of these Nazi scientists and continued their programs. Of course, Russia did as well. And various other nations picked up some of these guys, too. And a lot of these researches have gone on and continued in secret, in black budget programs, much like this. So we see a lot of the ideology stems directly from John Rawlings' Reese. He's the one that kind of gave the whole direction to the Tavistock model. And many of these others have followed suit and actually taken it a step further in some of the horrible things that they've done since then with mass psychology let's continue on though so the writings of psychologist kurt lewin gonna pause for a moment told you he'd be here the writings of psychologist kurt lewin likewise encapsulate some of the fundamental principles of tavistock's theory of psychological warfare in his book time perspective and morale lewin outlines an effective strategy of terror and we're going to quote from that One of the main techniques for breaking morale through a strategy of terror consists in exactly this tactic. Keep the person hazy as to where he stands and just what he may expect. If, in addition, frequent vacillations between severe disciplinary measures and promises of good treatment together with spreading of contradictory news make the cognitive structure of this situation utterly unclear, then the individual may cease to even know when a particular plan would lead toward or away from his goal. Under these conditions, even those who have definite goals and are ready to take risks will be paralyzed by severe inner conflicts in regard to what to do, End quote. And I'm going to pause right there. And this sounds exactly, exactly like many things going on today, doesn't it? You don't know which side to stand on. You don't know what kind of a stance to take with this. This is because this strategy of terror has been applied. Think about this in terms of the conflict going on in Israel right now. Do you support the Israelis or do you support the people in Palestine, in the the Gaza Strip? Do you support those people and then throw in some confusion? Because now we have this terrorist organization named Hamas that they're the real enemy, and it's not necessarily the Palestinians. Well, it creates confusion, and it creates problems with picking one side or another or knowing what is the right course of action, and many people are at odds about this right now, and that's exactly what this was designed to do. It creates, first of all, inaction on the part of the people because they don't know what to do, and therefore, of course, government... Government agencies and government parties will make decisions for the people based upon what those government parties want and not what the people want, first of all. And then second of all, it creates division between the people themselves where they begin fighting among themselves and they lose sight over who's the real enemy here. And that would be out-of-control governments who frequently attack one another and create aggressions between one another of which the civilians involved have nothing to do with and don't want any part of but yet they wind up being the collateral damage of it all this is the strategy of terror folks and you can see it being played out in front of your eyes right now in real time with this whole Israeli conflict and I would say to a lesser degree the Russia-Ukraine conflict which by the way has mysteriously disappeared into the background now hasn't it not much is being said about that anymore. We got a new puppy, you see. <laughs> Look at this. This is the Israeli and Gaza conflict. Ignore that whole Ukraine debacle that's going on over there. We'll continue laundering money through them. Don't don't get us wrong, but don't pay attention to what's going on over there. Don't pay attention to what the right hand's doing. Look at the left hand over here. A lot of these ploys have been perfected ad nauseum here. This is the strategy of terror. This is directly out of Tavistock. This is what it does. It discombobulates the human mind. You don't know what to think. You don't have enough information to really formulate what's right and what's wrong in this perspective, in this this conflict going on right now. Where do we stand? What do we do? It immobilizes you. It makes you want to do nothing, and you stand down and do nothing, and then government bureaucrats and banksters decide what to do and how to divvy the the dividends among themselves in the end with all of this and they don't care about the human death toll they have no concerns about that they're just looking for what benefits them and all of it has to do with this notion of controlling the masses mass psychology And this is what this does. It creates chaos and confusion, and in confusion there is much profit. The more confusion, the more profit. That being said, let's continue on here. Now, the author of the article here says, Both Reese and Lewin present theories and methods for engineering societies of fascism with a democratic face. From their methods, we can extrapolate a two-step process leading to the formation of community groups that are functionally semi-psychotic and clinically paranoid. And he goes on here to quote again. I think this is once again from Lewin. Number one, program subliminal psychological material whose predetermined effect is to Accentuate infantile impulses among targeted portions of the population, such as human interest stories, which are relatively more gratifying to the infantile impulses, and which de-emphasize a rationale for, and scientific overview. Number two, fragment the subject population into relatively hermetic political groupings, narrowing the scale of the groups by separation according to race, sex, language, background, regional background, national origin, age groups, and neighborhoods. And that's another end of the quote there from Lewin above in the same book. So you see Lewin had this all war gamed out. Accentuate infantile impulses, he says here, by offering human interest stories. Well, don't you see this every night on the evening news? The human interest stories. Oh, this is somebody, this was one of the survivors there uh, of the music festival that got away. This is their harrowing story. Gives you a personal type of an interest in that thing. Human interest story. And what this does is this devolves your mind into an emotional reactive state rather than thinking this through and logicking it out. That's right where they want you. They want you to be reactive. They don't want you to think critically about any of these things and wonder, well, how in the world did, was this allowed to happen with one of the most sophisticated intelligence apparatuses the world has ever seen, operating right there how did they not know that this was going to happen they could allegedly know how you spend six hundred dollars but they didn't know that these guys just over the wall there had all these different paragliders and stuff like that that they were stocking up on (laughs) think about that doesn't it make any bit of sense whatsoever does it then it also says fragment the subject population into hermetic political groupings Course, we see this. This is the political party notion that we have the two party system. Complete Hegelian dialectic program. Keep you separated onto different teams. Here you go. We push you into this little box. This is who you are. And this is who this person is. You pick your side and you stick to your side. You don't ever have a differing opinion from the rest of the group. That's why they have political parties. Well, if you lean more towards one side than the other, well, then you belong to this group. No, we're we're all individuals. We have our own individual perspectives and our own individual ideas. We shouldn't be grouped together, smattered together like that, but that's exactly what they do. And they found this to be very useful, very useful as part of the control mechanism. But let's continue on reading here. So then the author goes on here and he says anyone with even a passing familiarity with television programming in the U.S. will recognize influences consist with step one in the news and popular cartoons and sitcoms from 60 Minutes in the NFL to The Simpsons and Seinfeld. Step two has intensified with the advent of social media, especially on Twitter under ownership of Elon Musk whose Twitter profile photo features him with a smirk donning a Baphomet costume. This image of Musk showcases a sinister symbology as Twitter algorithms promote uncensored violence, including murder, race, hatred, and endless feeds of emotional outrage, fostering psychological and psychosocial splitting into subgroups of easily manipulable malcontents. And I'm going to pause right there. And this is absolutely on point right here. And I have no doubt in my mind that this guy understands a little something about the occult. Having noticed the whole Elon Musk in his Baphomet costume thing being an important portion of this. Because absolutely it is. And we see what's become of Twitter. Twitter was always, well let's be honest, (laughs) was always a cesspool. But now it's even worse of a cesspool With Elon Musk at the helm Only thing is Instead of catering to the liberal side of things Now it tends to Tends to Lean more towards Those who would support Narratives like The whole Q phenomenon And everything else And those more right wing leading In their Perspectives And it feeds them this ugly dross, a plenty. Used to do it up for the left side of things, but there's enough left leaning media out there and social media. Well, now he's kind of shifted it to the extreme right wing in the perspective and mixed in a little bit of nonsense like Q phenomenon with it. And, of course, we do have the manipulable malcontents on there. But let's continue on. So he says, by setting such groups into competition, and by splitting the group internally through sex, race, income, etc., the paranoia is intensified and the movement towards semi-psychosis is increased as smaller and smaller subgroups within the community find themselves in cutthroat hostility toward one another. Borrowing from Cameroonian philosopher Achille Mbembe, we may summarily characterize this divide-and-conquer strategy of psychic driving as productive of a world of people without bonds, fueled by the cultivation of normalization of a generalized atmosphere of fear. And I'm going to pause right there. And that absolutely is the key To all of it going on right now. A generalized atmosphere of fear. The normalization of a generalized atmosphere of fear. That is absolutely what is going on in the world today. No doubt whatsoever. Just turn on the television for about a half an hour. And you'll know exactly that this is true. It's all about trying to convince people... That they're not safe out there. They need to be fearful about everything. That there's some kind of a bad guy or malcontent around every corner waiting to ambush you, steal your stuff, and do horrible things to you. They want you to live in fear. And if it's not a bad guy, well, then it's an invisible enemy. Another invisible enemy. Like terrorists descending from the sky in paragliders. Or... Diseases that you can't see, respiratory viruses, these things that are lurking out there just waiting for you to venture out, just waiting in the wings to do you harm. It's the fear narrative, fear, and of course there's an alchemical base to this, and that's the whole point here. Let's continue on. He says Tavistock also uses techniques of coercion, hypnosis, torture, and drugs to render its victims maximally susceptible to brainwashing. These techniques have been applied to their own agents, including MI6 spies. Former MI6 spy Richard Tomlinson, writing about what he and his colleagues were forced to endure during their recruitment, has testified that they, quote, had no idea of the hell that lay before them, that they would be forced to become slaves to a demonic mind control program run by MI6 and sanctioned by Royal Arch Freemasonry through Tavistock Institute, end quote. One of the Tavistock-designed programs that Tomlinson names was appropriately called MI6 Beast and refers to a beast computer program placed into every recruit's mind control programming during recruitment training at both MI5 and MI6. Part of this course, Tom Winston elaborates, was based on an old Roman game which the soldiers had to play with their prisoners, The Rite of Saturn. In short, it was a sadomasochistic game whereby the recruits were tortured and abused in a similar fashion to the Roman prisoners, end quote. So I'm going to pause right there. A couple key points to make here. First and foremost is, well, is this Tom Winson guy telling the truth? Did the MI6 and MI5 programs really have this beast computer program and were they forced to take in this programming themselves? In this Rite of Saturn, going back to this notion of the Rite of Saturn back in Roman times with the Roman prisoners, and of course this all has the occult underpinnings directly tied to it. So there may be an element of truth here, but I can't attest to the truthfulness of this Tomlinson guy's statements. We don't know. Maybe he's handing us a bill of goods. Maybe not. I have heard in the past tell and talk about some sort of beast computer system. And we've seen a lot of this stuff. If you've been around this conspiracy culture for any length of time, you've probably seen or heard some of this stuff before, to some degree or another. It's how much truth is there behind it. The sad portion of it is we may never know. Because if such a program does exist, it's probably so deeply classified it would be almost impossible for us to directly identify the program itself maybe there is something like this going on i wouldn't doubt it it seems feasible seems plausible more than plausible but at any rate let's go ahead and continue on because there's still a lot of important ground here to cover Applied to populations at large, such programming was designed to create psychotic holocausts. And this is coming once again from the, this Tomlinson fellow above. He says, quote, All of it was based on a sort of perverse Dionysian fanaticism within the broader framework of Reese's Rockefeller model of fascist society, End quote. M. Minicino describes the Rockefeller model as such, quote, The slave labor and death camp system of the Nazis are not quirks of Hitler and his associate, but an intrinsic expression of the fundamental policies of any zero-growth economy. It is impossible to have zero-growth policies beginning today without mass genocide tomorrow, end quote. Gonna pause there. So yes, we have Rockefellers involved in planning, as always. The Rockefeller Foundation has its dirty little fingers in everything. And I don't doubt that they've had their interests expressed in this zero-growth policy bit. Seems a lot of these oligarchs and aristocrats and wealthy business people with these philanthropic organizations, they have a vested interest in keeping the poor poor. Let's put it that way. They don't want people to succeed and elevate out of their little class system that they have. It's like a modern-day caste system that we have in Western culture. They don't want you to get out of that. We've explored these avenues of thought in the past here as well. And of course, Rockefeller does have a role in this. And of course, John Rawlings-Reese really laid a lot of the foundations for this. So we're looking at a type of uh, democracy system That's actually a fascist type of regime disguised as a representative form of government. That's what we have going on in most of the Western societies today. It's an illusion, folks. That's what all of that is, what the whole political system is. It's an illusion. makes you believe you have choices and freedoms when really you don't. You're being vampirized by the state. Vampirized by the state. Keep that in mind. Let's continue reading. So it says the Rockefeller dominated faction of international finance has long worked cooperatively with the wealthier and much older families of the Venetian black nobility of old Rome in establishing fascist regimes in North America and Western Europe. Today the efforts have gone global. Writing for Labor Committee Intelligence in April 1974, L. Marcus summarizes how the Rockefeller model has proceeded in preparatory phases, and we have his quote here. Quote, The organization of the ecology movement and quality of life campaigns as conditioning for John D. Rockefeller III's genocidal zero-growth project are also fascist preparations. The spreading of the rock drug counterculture and the spread of marijuana and LSD-25 in particular as radical causes were well-designed preparations for fascist movements as well as an easier cover for introducing significant use of brainwashing. There are numerous, almost innumerable, preparations in the direction of fascism through the 1960s and beyond." End quote. So, gonna pause right there. So, we have this whole counterculture narrative being programmed into society, and absolutely, Tavistock had its fingers in this as well. And of course, the Rockefeller Foundation had its part. It's all these same dynamics. Of course, it goes back to these old Venetian black nobility families, the old Italian families, the names you don't usually hear come up. In a lot of the modern talk of who are these Illuminati of the world, who are these families running things, who are the powers behind the scenes, you always hear about Rockefeller and Rothschild, but very rarely do you hear about some of these old Italian families, Medici's and various others behind the scenes that operate, but that's a discussion for another day. Let's get back to it here because we're going to begin to connect some dots So according to 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason, Robert W. Sullivan IV, the uninitiated should make no mistake. These artists and musicians are aware of arcane and occult symbolism. End quote. And he's talking, of course, about the counterculture. And in the article here, he shows some examples of the rock drug counterculture, particularly the Beatles and Elvis and various others and a bunch of people giving various hand signs that are associated with Freemasonry, as well as other occult organizations. And we've gone through some of this stuff before. In his expose, Marcus highlights the immense role played by, quote, that gifted reactionary psychopath, Brigadier Dr. John Rawlings Reese of the Tavistock Institute, end quote in conditioning the social unconscious of Anglo-American and European populations for psychological enslavement. And he says here, Reese himself was report repeatedly specific and emphatic on the point involved. The fascist society of the future, he envisaged, must be made possible through local community health services, including mass application of psychiatric Treatment to populations through these centers, whether or not those victims required or desired such services. Aided by diverse fascist agents brought under his wing during the OSS, the, or the Office of Strategic Services days. And using both the London Tavistock Institute and the World Federation of Mental Health as his personal basis of operation, Reese moved in on US, Canadian and British governmental social services. End quote. And I'm gonna pause for a moment there, folks, and absolutely this all is recorded. You can find this information. This is all public domain information. You can find all this stuff talking about these inroads that Reese made into U.S. Psychological Services. The Department of Health and Human Services, Mental Health, the National Institutes of Mental Health, all of these different places. And, of course, they've set up shop in various universities throughout the land here. And some of what they teach people are based upon these reesian ideas within many of these programs. And, of course, there are secret intelligence agency programs and military programs that go on in many of these psychiatric institutions that were established, especially through the military branches where they've done researches and they've been connected to some of these programs like MK Ultra and Project Bluebird, Monarch, all of the other ones that are known, that are public domain, that they were forced to admit existed, And still do exist to this day, I'm sure, in one guise or the other. We may not know the program names, but they do exist, and they're still going on. Do you really think they ever stopped any of this stuff experimenting on the public? Experimenting upon private citizens? They certainly haven't. Let's continue here reading, though, because there's still some ground to cover tonight. A testimony to Reese's success in more recent decades, universities across North America have firmly solidified their role as central hubs for the mass drugging of aspiring young adults, as many students can attest virtually anyone who walks into a university physician's office with the sole symptom of, say, fatigue, is likely to walk out with a prescription for one or more of a myriad of mind-altering pharmaceuticals. Such encouraged addictions and dependencies are not accidental. And next, we're going to talk about magic and mind control in regards to this. Mind control and magic share a history of mutual imbrication. Both the spy and the sorcerer are concerned with the manipulation of reality. Associating intelligence agencies and occult secret societies, Estulin identifies notable commonalities between mind control and magic. And I'm going to pause for a moment right there before we read this quote from Estulin to say that this is absolutely spot on. Where do you think the intelligence community, the intelligence agencies, got their methods and their operating principles from directly from these secret society groups? They've been doing this for thousands of years They know how to manipulate the human mind and therefore manipulate reality. There's whole systems of magic and there's whole systems of mind control that are taught in the uppermost echelons of these secret society groups to those who they deem worthy to wield these secrets. But let's quote Estulin now. Quote, Intelligence officers and cultists have a lot in common. Secrecy is a way of life for both the spy and the sorcerer. They both use codes and code names. They both pretend to have access to mysteries not available to the general public. They both claim to be able to influence events at a distance with their special abilities and powers. They both specialize in the manipulation of reality, and they are both ruthless and often amoral or immoral in the pursuit of their goals. So it was only natural that the cultists and the spies would gravitate towards each other and would try to learn from each other. This control of reality, of the perception of reality, and the creation of consensus reality, is a powerful political tool and has been since ancient times when the proverbial sorcerers could appear to create solar eclipses by simply knowing when one would occur and acting accordingly. To control and manipulate the reality of the masses, one uses what is known as psychological warfare. And it is but one step from controlling a person's perception of reality to getting the person to act on it, end quote. And we've seen this play out in spades over the course of the last few years here, haven't we? You get people to believe something is true, and they act upon that belief that this thing is true. They essentially rebranded the flu and got people to buy into this narrative That this new deadly disease has cropped up here on Earth and is spreading like wildfire, and it's oh so dangerous. And the only way to stop it is to go get an experimental gene altering drug that they rebranded as a vaccine. It's a gene therapy that they rebranded as a vaccine. And this is what they said would be the only way to stop this. And lo and behold, what do we have now? Well, they've engineered into society through the use of this alleged cure. They've engineered more disease and death than what was actually ever present before. You see, poison was the cure. To go ahead and use that old trope from an old Megadeth song. That's the name of an old Megadeth song. Poison was the cure. And that, of course, was their whole plan all along. This was part of the eugenics-based program surrounding all of this. And according to statistics I've seen that are alleged to be accurate, I don't know how accurate they truly are, but they said a grand total of 69% of the entire population of the world got at least one of these COVID shots. That's a big number. So they were able to coerce and convince people into believing this bit of a consensus reality that they went along and they followed the orders And they took the experimental gene therapy and now using this, this was the actual weapon, this was the actual eugenics technology that unleashed more on this world than ever was before. In doing so, they've engineered a situation now where we have all kinds of New conditions cropping up here that people never had before, and of course this goes back to the whole Tavistockian idea, the Reesian philosophy, of the community health organizations taking over those and using them as a crutch for infiltrating in to society in this way, and it's been done, and we see it, and now we're beginning to see the ramifications of it, but it's still early yet before we truly see the real damage that this program's done. But let's get back to reading here, because there's still quite a bit of ground to cover. Estulin's observations of the uncanny crossovers between esotericism and military intelligence are shared by Dr. Robert Duncan, who has worked on top-secret advanced research projects for the United States Department of Defense and Intelligence community. And he says, quote, it is strange how biblical prophecy, science, military, technology, and sociology seem to converge at this point in time in our species development, end quote. So then Duncan reflects in his book, Project Soul Catcher, quote, religious metaphors from Roman to Christian permeate the naming of many military weaponry, end quote. And absolutely he's correct about that. That's because the secret society groups themselves like to do that very thing. They like to apply names in a mystical-type context to various things that they do or various programs they have in various other types of capacities. There's something to that. There's power in naming a thing. This is known. If you go back and you study any portion of Kabbalah, you know that there's power in words and there's power in names. And the mere act of naming something now gives you some type of a control over that thing. You see, up until the point that something's named, it's a free-floating commodity out there can't really be quantified in some way, shape, or form until you name it. And then when you name it, then you can begin to quantify it. And if you can quantify a thing, that will give you some measure of control over that thing. That is why they absolutely seek to quantify everything. (coughs) They seek to quantify everything in this world in an objective way like that. But let's go ahead and continue reading. So then Duncan also says the military mind hackers often call themselves watchers, a group of fallen angels told of in biblical Apocrypha who mated with mortal women, giving rise to a race of hybrids known as the Nephilim, who are also mentioned in Genesis chapter 6 verse 4. Going to pause for a moment there, folks. So once again, the mystical connotations and the connections here, the occult connections Between these various technologies and AI are not lost on this author, on the writer of this article. He seems to understand he's picked up on what's going on here. And this runs deep. There's always the tie to occultism. There's always the tie to transhumanism. Artificial intelligence, it's not what it seems to be Let's continue reading. Following the same leitmotif, Estelin highlights religious and anthropological links between the pagan ceremonies of ancient Rome and Egypt and the drug counterculture movement engineered by Tavistock and the ISIS cult whose membership include the British royal family. And Estelin quotes here. The following description of cult ceremonies dating back to the Egyptian ISIS priesthood of the 3rd millennium B.C., could just as well be a journalistic account of a hippie be-in circa A.D. 1969. The acts or gestures that accompany the incantations constitute the rite of Isis. In these dances, the beating of drums and the rhythm of music and repetitive movements were helped by hallucinatory substances like hashish or mescal. These were consumed as adjuvants to create the trance and the hallucinations that were taken to be the visitation of the gods. These secret rituals have been kept inside the British royal family and their ruling class friends for centuries. The cult was practiced in Egypt during the Third Dynasty of the Old Kingdom, circa 2780 B.C. Isis worship is essentially pagan primitive mother worship, The ISIS priesthood is a closed circle, and its nobility practice social control, total subjugation of man's free will, exploitation, and subjugation of people. The modern ISIS cult was organized around the 1877 manuscript, ISIS Unveiled by Madame Helena Blavatsky, in which the Russian occultist called for the British aristocracy to organize itself into an ISIS priesthood. And I'm going to pause for a moment there, folks. And this runs so much deeper than that brief overview Estrelin gave it here, this Isis cult mentality. It goes much deeper than that. Isis is more than just what's being presented here as well. It's a symbol, a symbol, an archetype that transcends time and culture. And it's more than just a primitive mother worship type of a thing as presented here. But let's continue on. For this ISIS priesthood, the greatest obstacle to unfettered rule has long been understood to be the God of the Bible. Once usurped and extirpated, they believe nothing will stand in their way to total world domination, which they will assume under the authority of a new humanist religion based on intelligence, good-natured pluralism, and scientific paganism gonna pause for a moment right there folks and i think that sounds spot on again and now you may understand a little something about this manufactured hatred of what they call the patriarchy you see even this whole feminist movement was co-opted and there was always the occult behind that as well and a lot of it has to do with this notion uncomfortable truth for a lot of people to deal with but certainly it's there and there's always that hidden occult reason as to why but let's continue on i want to begin to wrap up here and we still got a ways to go the tavistock institute represents a militant behavioral control research project begun in the 1950s and aimed at the eradication of independent thought behavior and religious sentiment among targeted populations The Scottish Rite and Royal Archmasons, the Central Intelligence Agency, and numerous other high-profile centers and institutes of applied social psychology and cultural engineering have been involved in these Tavistock-led psychological warfare operations. The powers behind the Tavistock network are oligarchical and include the Venetian black nobility and the Rockefeller family, the former having remained more obscure to the public than the latter, The Rockefeller model of fascist society refers to post-industrial political and economic policies of zero growth, entailing mass casualties or depopulation, and behavioral psychological enslavement. Infrastructures are allowed to collapse. Existing institutions are either destroyed or repurposed for non-productive quality of life and public health. Eugenics initiatives the World Economic Forum, has in recent years branded this the Great Reset. These oligarchical powers and mind control practitioners are neither secularists nor irreligious. They operate in part through networks of clandestine cults that observe ancient rites and esoteric traditions known collectively as the Mystery School Religions. Gonna pause for a moment right there. So absolutely, this guy is spot on with much of what he's saying here. My own research into these topics has found these same conclusions. And certainly, there is this occult tie to this modern technocracy movement and this push towards transhumanism, as we'll see here. And quite possibly, this may be one of the programs that he mentioned here, this Project Satan being used by DARPA to inculcate ideas in this reality. Let's continue on, and we'll close it out here very shortly. He says, I will provide a historical survey of the Mystery School religions in a future briefing. The cult of Isis and Freemasonry are subsets of this religious tradition, which at its core is Luciferian, as I have indicated in a previous briefing. Former U.S. Naval Intelligence Officer William Cooper has lectured on the mystery school religions at length. Cooper was murdered shortly after predicting the 9-11-2001 attacks. So next, we're going to get to the meat of the matter. This Satan project, S-A-T-A-M. Satan is believed to be God's greatest adversary. He is a fallen angel whose other moniker is Lucifer, the light bearer. The Bible is the only book that provides instructions for what the people of God can expect from Satan and how to deal with his lies and murderous machinations. The Bible also tells us that the human heart is inclined toward evil as a result of our primordial succumbing to Satan's beguiling through fatuous claim, though fatuous claim, sorry, that we can attain godhood through knowledge going to pause for a moment here, folks. This is the original lie, the great lie in the Garden of Eden. You can be as gods. This is certainly what mankind has succumbed to. And that's what these secret society groups have always been about. They want to become god in no uncertain terms. And they see the use of high technology in the modern era as their means of getting there. They want to achieve what they call self-guided evolution. They think they could take the next step into the future, into becoming post-human or essentially becoming God. It's the old notion of apotheosis, just rebranded. That's what transhumanism is all about. But let's go ahead and continue reading here. Today, AI is boastfully presented as the ultimate fulfillment of Satan's claim. AI according to accomplished scientist Dr. Robert Duncan, who has worked on advanced AI projects for the U.S. Department of Defense, is a catastrophic evolutionary event of the human race. I don't think it can be stopped, he says. Duncan is a military-industrial complex and shadow government insider who has testified in detail to the overtly satanic influence that permeates these institutions. Quote, The CIA and DOD groups that program mines for illegal clandestine operations often call themselves Satanists, end quote, he writes. And he also goes on to say, quote, U.S. CIA recruits calling themselves Satanists do not pull any punches in these remote torture renditions, end quote. The remote torture renditions to which Duncan refers are the main topic of this briefing, They involve biocommunications technologies used for attacking individual and population's minds based on biological nanotechnologies and computer viruses. In a previous briefing, I established the existence of biocommunications technologies and presented evidence to support the hypothesis that such technologies have been subcutaneously injected into a large percentage of humanity as part of an unprecedented global eugenics transhumanism biosurveillance initiative carried out under the covert project moniker Corona. Going to pause for a moment here, folks. So what this guy is saying here is he's speculating here. It's a hypothesis, according to himself. But he has found some evidence to maybe back up the hypothesis that this was about something else. It's a eugenics program, like I've been telling you. And that, of course, they do have this nanotechnology aspect of it. As I've been telling you, and as my research has borne out through the years here, there's certainly this nanotech component to it. Now, is it just how he claims here? Is there this project moniker called Corona that came out that he was able to identify or he has speculated on here? Not sure, but of course, Corona, well, you don't have to stretch your mind too far out of the the box here to know what he's talking about. But he says, in the remainder of this briefing, I summarize Dr. Duncan's account of a biocommunications weapon system that is operated by artificial intelligence and goes by the name Satan, silent assassination through adaptive networks. In the verbiage of the designers of this weapon system, to cast a spell, or hex, means to run the Satan program. When a program like Satan is running in the background, it is referred to as a demon. The Satan weapon system serves three purposes. The automation of eugenics, mass enslavement, and AI hive mind potentiation. All three of these purposes are interrelated and contribute to the Satanist goal of usurping God and achieving full-spectrum dominance over Earth and its inhabitants. Going to pause for a moment here, folks. So now a lot of this sounds heavy-duty. And I don't know, like I said, I cannot attest to the accuracy of this guy's claims. But certainly, there's an air of truth in what's being said here. Now, do they really have some type of a technology system set up right now where they could use this tech to influence people in this way and perhaps make a crude facsimile of a natural order of things is this a techno demon of sorts are these techno spirits artificial elementals of sorts being induced in people through the use of the technology if you want to get down to some of the more esoteric ways of thinking about this according to the occult philosophies and the ways they think and they do things, is that what we're seeing here? Are they taking these old alchemical systems, inverting them totally, and turning them into something completely and wholly artificial and man-made, and trying to induce changes in that way? It seems to add up with what the philosophy is, with what the goal is. And Remember, as I've told you numerous times already, If you want to know what the true definition of Satanism is, it's the inversion principle. They want to completely invert the entire natural order. And that seems to be what this is suggesting here. So now, like I have said, it seems feasible that these programs are going on, but is this actually it? What this guy is nailing down here? I can't say for sure. I do have to do some deeper digging into this whole Project Satan thing and see what I could find. Perhaps from DARPA themselves, maybe there's certain things that can relate that they have out there in the public domain. Hard to say. If it is a true black program, like he says, it'd be very hard to pin down something like that. But sometimes you can find clues if you know how to do the research. And I'll certainly make another go at it. But a lot of what he's saying here aligns very much with things I've discovered through my own research. Thing is, I just don't have any kind of an inside track. I don't know any of these insiders or any of the publications that these alleged insiders have put out attesting to these things or the truthfulness of their statements. But like I said about disinformation earlier, oftentimes there is a lot of good information even packaged into the disinformation. So it seems feasible. There could be some core to a lot of this. But let's continue on and we're going to wrap up. I'm going to go a couple minutes longer here than usual tonight. So it says, Eugenics automation is achieved by Satan through behavior modification to death programming, which is useful in silent, plausible denial, mass murders, and eugenics. Numerous data are collected from the Satan system, including individual brain prints, to improve its kill effectiveness for war or eugenics programs. The data is algorithmically analyzed through behavioral pattern prediction and classification software nicknamed Christ, Common Human Routines Interference Software Technology. Christ feeds Satan the relevant data needed for Satan to train its targets in behaviors that are specifically and especially destructive for those targeted individuals or groups. The behavioral training is automated, remote, and target-specific, also termed dial-in lethality. The target mind needs to be mapped Duncan informs. The database of mind architectures is huge and current estimates as of 2010 say that there are over 30 million minds already contained in the so-called CIA personality database which a Harvard psychology professor told a class was located in Colorado. Going to pause for a moment here folks. Colorado, I guess according to this professor, that this database is located in Colorado, or maybe it's in Utah, probably Bluffdale, Utah. Anyway, let's continue. Programmed behaviors may involve stimulating the neural pathways of pre-existing neurotic or addictive entrainments so as to amplify their signals, remote neural depatterning, to remove all meaning and hope, simulated rape and sexual humiliation, artificially inducing schizophrenia using voice of God or voice to skull, synthetic telepathy, weaponry, and neurolinguistic linguistic programming, and or direct amplification of pain pathways using directed pulse microwave energy called voodoo doll programs, to name a few. Working together, Christ and Satan can drive targeted individuals to suicide. In a section titled Giving Life to Satan, Duncan writes that, quote, For all intents and purposes, these torture-to-death programs and silent-kill programs are conscious and have creators. This is how the United States national security culture gave rise to this automated weapon of mass destruction. These artificial constructs are demigods, end quote. As, for all intents and purposes, a conscious demigod, the AI Cyber Satan weapon system is both scalable and automated and has the ability to adapt its torture techniques based on reading the target's mood. Eventually, a system will arise that can read everyone's thoughts, Duncan predicts. New organizations of thought police and laws will be passed. This level of invasiveness is already being done to a small percentage of the population, but it will expand to everyone. In 2010, the DOD CIA Insider estimated that approximately 10,000 people worldwide were being gang-stalked as targeted individuals. The TI community has been steadily growing and has a significant online presence. One TI was a former security industry specialist employee who was invited to participate in corporate gang-stalking for a high-profile SIS client, the Amazon Corporation. His is an especially informative testimony, and it says, quote, "...generally our society is being militarized, and generally that militarization is being privatized," end quote. The former SIS employee relays in an interview published in 2017. The technology can be used to induce riots or to stop riots, for example." In Project Soul Catcher, Duncan shares informative excerpts from the 650 interviews he and his team, the Mind Hacking Strategy Group, have conducted with targeted individuals. According to targeted individual Dr. Eric Karlstrom, gang stalking goes back to the Tavistock Institute and seems to have a satanic component to it. The entire point of this social engineering program, the SIS whistleblower turned T.I. reveals, is that this program is going to be rolled out nationwide and it will become the norm. Every man, woman, and child in America will be under the influence of this technology. He continues and he says here, quote, Every man, woman, and child in America will be one decision away from having gang stalkers turn against them, Going forward, a dividing line is going to be drawn in America, and it's not going to be Democrat or Republican, black or white, rich or poor. It's going to be based on who is on the right and the wrong side of this technology, who is on the right or the wrong side of this program. If you are not a part of this program, there is a very real risk that you are going to become a full-blown, 24-7 targeted individual. And this technology, at that point, when it is nationwide, will be used by automated supercomputer software programming that will manipulate the emotions and the behaviors and the thoughts of everyone in the United States of America. There isn't going to come a day when there are troops in the streets and tanks and riot gear We may have isolated incidents like that. It might get like that every once in a while, but the true control grid is this technology, and it can all be done remotely. It can be done simply by targeting you with a frequency, locking into the resonant frequency of your DNA and of your mind, and in that manner completely track and trace and control you. Mass enslavement through mind control begins with traumatization, with the Satan system, Duncan relays, you can literally traumatize an entire population. Aware of the continuity between Nazi mind control research and post-World War II projects, such as MK Ultra and Bluebird, Duncan notes the role of Operation Paperclip, a CIA operation that successfully exfiltrated 1,600 Nazi scientists to new posts with, for example, NASA and the NSA. In the advent of the Satan system, quote, we don't talk about the mind scientists we got. Those were classified. That's where a lot of this research started, end quote. Relatedly, Duncan notes the influential role played by the Church of Satan and the military's use of satanic cults as a means to indoctrinate and manipulate pride in evil deeds for government objectives, naming Lieutenant Colonel Michael A. Aquino, specifically in this context, who was a specialist in trauma programming and the author of of a document called Mind War. Anyway, let's continue on. We're going to go through this last little section here, and we'll call it a night. Mass traumatizing prepares the way for mass enslavement, or what those working for the DOD and CIA, who call themselves Satanists, refer to as the Sheeple Effect. Breaking a human is like breaking a horse, Duncan explains. Traditional slavery techniques of beating are applied wirelessly with the Satan weapons system. Mind viruses serve precisely this purpose, most notably the DoD's scalable artificial intelligence psychotronic virus called Satan-666. Satan-666 can cause symptoms classically recognized as mental illness. Its specialty is mass psychic driving to psychosis. Psychotronic mind viruses like Satan 666 use RHIC technology, radio frequency hypnotic intracerebral control. Duncan clearly states that the ultimate objective of such technologies is not total annihilation of the human race. Quote, the goal is not to kill the whole human race, just enslave it at a pace that will not be noticed by those who have yet to learn about the methods, end quote. With weapons like Satan 666 and the Satan and Christ systems, this goal is conceivably achievable and the weapons may be undetectable. Now you can go the Klaus Schwab way, Duncan reflected in a November 2022 interview, where he said, quote, Genetically, engineer everyone to be happy with nothing, or using mind control, we can stimulate the pleasure centers of the brain while people work and are productive, and if they're not, you give them a little pain and behavior modify the human race, That way, so that they're uh, happy little slaves, end quote. So, we see here. Going to skip a little bit further down here for time's sake. We have this whole notion of targeted individuals. Actually, I think I'm just going to finish up the whole document. There's not that much more. I don't think you folks mind this going a little bit longer than usual. By 2022, Duncan's outlook on the future of humanity had become decidedly cynical. He says, I don't think transhumanism can be stopped, he lamented in the same interview. Finally, with mass traumatization and mind control comes the ability to create an AI hive mind. From the point of view of gang-stalking, AI, or the becoming conscious of Satan, harvesting human bodies and brains into an ever-expanding hive mind would be a logical goal targeted individual torture is partly about breaking down the ego or sense of self so that the victims can be integrated into a greater mind, a hive mind with greater computing and problem-solving potential. The merging of man with machine, which is more a mentacidal subsumption of man into the mecha- mechanic, excuse me, then it is a merger is the whole meaning and purpose of transhumanism. Cybernetic linking is the term used for connecting brains or minds to create a hive mind. The CIA and NSA have a cognitive modeling technique called MIND, mentally integrated neuron duplicator, used to track and store targeted individual brain signals on supercomputers that are housed in the semi-secret command, control, and communication underground bases in the U.S., What mind duplicates is the TI's brain signature, which can then be cybernetically linked with every other captured and replicated brain signature in the DoD's AI-operated supercomputers. This is the fundamental concept expressed in the title of Duncan's book, Project Soul Catcher. The human mind has always been a key battlescape, but today the battle for your brain is being waged with unprecedented intensity using technologies that are, for most people, unimaginable. These technologies are developed as weapons targeting civilian populations by scientists and intelligence operatives who call themselves Satanists. A Satanist or Luciferian is someone who has been enticed by the lie that they are or can become godlike. They valorize knowledge as the pathway to this divine status and devote themselves worshiply to the pursuit of their megalomaniacal delusions. For Satanists, the ends always justify the means. Accordingly, murderous and menticidal weapons like Satan are viewed as clever tools that contribute admiringly to desired outcomes. So I'm going to pause for a moment here, folks. So we see here this whole notion about the AI hive mind linking the people's minds together. Well, this is the whole goal of transhumanism. And as I actually wrote in my first book, what's the end result of that? Who's in control? If all of the minds of men are joined together into this hive mind, who's controlling that? There's only one will left to power at the end of it all. Is it going to be the AI machine itself, or is there going to be one person who controls all the actions, who calls all the shots for the collective hive mind. And this, I think, is what those top-level occultists who are buying into the transhumanist notion of things, this is what they're fighting for. They want to become that controlling factor. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and I wrote this in my first book, what will be left will be one intelligence that guides and directs it all, that combines the combined knowledge base and experience of all of these people collected into the network together into a single place, and this will become one single being, and he will most assuredly be named Lucifer. That's what he will call himself, I have no doubt in my mind. That's what the ultimate end goal of transhumanism is, folks. But anyway, let's finish this last paragraph here because the author of this article offers us something valuable here. How are we to defend ourselves against Satan's attacks? Robert Duncan's deepest insight is communicated in what he calls a side note. And he says, quote, As an interesting side note, many of the behavioral modifications to death techniques can be defeated by a targeted individual's faith in religion, end quote. Duncan specifically highlights the Bible as, quote, a better opposite to the Satanist mind control programs since the Bible contains its own form of societal behavioral programming for good habits. Bibles are still readily available. A good place to start is with the Gospels. Read and fear not, for you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, end quote. And that's the end of the reading here, folks. And I don't think of a better note to end that with. Then that scripture, for you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So how do we fight this? Stand firm in your faith, folks. Get that right relationship with God. Now is the time. We're living in unprecedented times. Get your heart and your mind and your soul. And your spirit right with God. Get in that one-on-one relationship with him. And let your faith guide your way. Let him direct your paths. He won't steer you wrong. He's been faithful and true to me all these years. And if you listen to that still small voice, if you hear him calling you or directing you in some direction, listen. Because it's for your own good. I can't say that about any of these other things these spirits these notions that are out there in society things like this this is not intended to steer you to what is for your own good most certainly it's the opposite so listen get your heart and your mind and your soul right with god now is the time to do so so anyway i want to thank you all for tuning in i appreciate each and every one of you we will catch you next time have a good night now
1: Come with me.